Thanks for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on all good podcast platforms. Please consider following or subscribing. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games on the Metacritic Top 100 list. My name's Dan and I'm joined by... I'm Lawrence. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing? I'm all right. I've got a glass of wine. Um, th- that's about it, really. I'm all right and I've Kicking got a glass back. of wine. Kicking back with a glass of wine. Absolutely. To discuss. Very fancy. You yeah. are. You are. How, very how are debonair. you? I'm all right, yeah. Yeah, it's been a bit of a, a hectic day, but I'm okay. I'm here. You've lived. And I lived. This is good news. Good news. Today we are discussing number 63 on the Metacritic Top 100 list. Number 63 is Halo 3. Halo 3 has a score of 94. It was released in the year 2007 for the Xbox 360. So, um, do you have any history with Halo 3? Halo 3, yes. We've discussed with Halo 1 and 2 that both of us have had like a bit of a dabbling with the Halo series over the years. Um, with Halo 3, it's the one that I've got the most history slash experience with. So take I've, us take us back to the time and describe your experience. I, I don't know if I played it at the time. I, I don't remember what year I got an Xbox, to be honest with you, but I remember getting my Xbox 360 arcade before I got my PS3 not really having had an Xbox before. I hadn't played the previous Halo games. So I don't remember the first time I played. This is just one that I know that I've played a few times. And when you and me were playing through it this time for the podcast, I was saying, oh, I remember this bit. Oh, like this bit's good. So this is a game that I've played a few times through. Probably completed it maybe two or three times in the past, maybe. But yeah, it's one that I'm, um, I'm the most experienced with in this series i suppose what about you i was gonna say have you got any strong memories of the game any anything that stands out to you from those previous playthroughs only the last mission really uh, the last mission and the first mission i just remember kind of going through the the jungly area at the start of the game and then i've got very strong memories of on the uh i think it's the warthog uh, at the end of the yeah. game where you're, you're escaping while everything's That's blowing up mission. around you yeah i i have quite a distinctive memory of Halo 3 actually because um, I'd never played a Halo game before. I had an Xbox 360 and um, this this was the era where I would buy something and I would trade it in and I'd get something else and one day on an off chance I thought okay Halo's always um, been very critically acclaimed, been very well spoken about amongst gamer circles so I thought I'd give it a try so I picked up Halo 3 um, I took it home and I played it for about half an hour <laughs> and I just something about it just really turned me off I think it's because I went in there and I expected this um, amazing thing that everyone had spoken about your expectations about. were too high yeah and they were through the roof really um, and it just at the time did not live up to that so Played that half hour, that very same day, <laughs> went back and traded it in, and wow. got something else. So that's my that's my um, that's my dabble with uh, 
Halo 3. I can't really describe what turned me off so drastically about it. I think the story, I wasn't really sure what was going on with it, as we'll get into. Um, and the the world sometimes with Halo feel a touch generic and I got that feeling quite strongly back then um, not all of them but but some of the world some of the environments do feel a touch generic to me um, I mean speaking of the story um, oh before we get into the story I'm getting ahead of myself I'm tripping over myself um, where did you play this game for this playthrough I played it on the Xbox One X so the the usual Xbox place. Uh, so it was the the 360 version on the Master Chief Collection. I played this on my Series X. Um, I also played the Master Chief Collection version, which is actually the Xbox One version. It's Mis- got, um, Mr. Chief Collection. Yeah, I Mr. Believe. Chief. Mr. Chief or or, or Mr. Chef. Master Chef. Master Chef Collection. That's right. That's that's the correct wording for it. That's it. It is. Was that the one with Ainsley Harriet? No, that was Ready. No, Steady. that was Ready Steady Cook. <laughs> what a guy! Um, a yeah. British icon. So Ainsley Harriet was a name that I didn't think would come up in this podcast, but there we go. Um, t- tangent successfully meandered onto. Um, so what on earth was I saying? Okay, so Series X play. Yeah, so the Master Chief version, which is. Um, uh, I think improved performance and uh, higher resolution than the original game on the 360. Yeah. Um, and we played this in co-op, didn't we? We did. We we we, we started co-op um, when we were playing through Halo Two, I think. So I don't think we played any co-op with Halo One, but no. Halo Two we started it, and then this time we decided to do the entire campaign on co-op, which made sense because in this game, it's um, it's Mr. Chief and the Arbiter throughout the entire campaign, so they're together. So playing uh, co-op makes sense, I suppose, more so than yeah. than previous. I did wonder that. I wondered um, whether the Arbiter was actually there or whether it, he was just there because it was a co-op playthrough. No, so I'm pretty sure the Arbiter's there throughout the entirety of the single-player campaign, even if you're not playing it co-op. Okay, yeah. So we, we played through co-op all the way through. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um I think probably, I mean, just to go straight into it, I think um, this was probably the most fun that I've had playing a Halo game for this podcast, um, just playing it in co-op and really, it just adds a completely different element to it, doesn't it, playing it in co-op? Yeah, that's it. It's, um, yeah, it's, I think it just makes it a lot more fun. It, 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 it it's a, a much like it's a fun game anyway but this game has value added to it i think when you play it with someone and i mean we we didn't have the full experience because i don't think either of us have got a, a headset for the xbox have we but i don't even know i might do somewhere but i don't i wouldn't know where it is no i i, I don't have one so we were just kind of sending each other voice messages via whatsapp um afterwards but i mean to be fair we, we'd probably have been um have been fine if we just did a phone call but no, I, I think I think the Halo games are fun anyway. But this is improved with, uh, well, you could you could call it couch co-op, even though we played it online. 
Yeah, you, I think you can play it in couch co-op yeah, you if can. you wanted to, can't you? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So yeah, I'd recommend playing it that way. If you've never played the game before and you want to dip in, I would recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun that way. Um, so on to the really complex thing. What happens in this game? What's the plot of this game? We said at the end of Halo 2 that we didn't really know what was going on with it. And after playing this one, we said the same regarding the cutscenes. Like we've played through the first three Halo games, like the original three Halo games for this podcast. And I think both of us have struggled with the story a little bit. I don't think it's very clear. So I did a bit of reading up about it. And because Halo 1 through 3, and I think 4 and 5 as well, and maybe Infinite are all part... Well, they're all part of the same story anyway. Like Halo reaches as a prequel. And they, they all they all kind of tell the same story. But the, the main background of these three games is that there is the, the race called the Covenant who are led by, I think it's The Truth, which sounds like a bad 90s rapper. And their goal is to basically, I think it's to bring back a race called, is it the Forerunners or something like yeah. that by using these Halo rings and Halo 3 picks up where Halo 2 leaves off with uh, Mr. Chief hurtling towards Earth. And you pick up straight away when when he's found. And this game is really a continuation of the story of the last two, i.e. destroying the, the Halo rings, beating the Covenant, and destroying, I believe it's called the Ark, which is the thing right at the end of the game. But... Again, I'm really spotty with this story because I the just don't think it's a covenant. very I don't think it's a very good storytelling game. Like it's a it's a really fun game and the lore and the story of this game is there, but I just don't think it does a very good job of telling that story. Nah, I agree. I think it's um it's very lore heavy and it's all told through cutscenes really. I think what it struggles with is its characters. I think you like Master Chief because Master Chief is the hero, but you don't really know much about Master Chief or any of the other people. It's, it's kind of... Um, everything's, to me, painted in broad brushstrokes. So you kind of don't get the detail that I would like for... Or the depth, let's say. Because um, the detail's there in, in the lore. But I've always got this thing with video games where they think lore is the answer. Like um, in in the Elder Scrolls games where they, they pile on the lore in all these books that no one's ever going to read. And to me, that doesn't make it interesting. That's not what grips mm. me. That's not what makes a compelling story. And I think it's the same here. So there probably are people that know what's going on here, but I was completely lost. And I said to you before we started playing, I want to watch all the cutscenes, see if I can make sense of it. And inevitably I, I, I got lost. Um, I'm sure if uh, I'm sure if we played it with the intent that we were going to really take in this thing, we could understand it. But it shouldn't be that difficult. I didn't mention it at the start of the episode, but I've managed to procure an Xbox Series X now, and I've got Game Pass. So what I want to do to not test it out, but to, to just to play through some games is because I I said during the Halo Two episode that I really wanted to play Halo Reach, and I've now got access to Halo Reach. So what I'm thinking of doing is playing through Halo Reach 
and then going back through one, two, three, um, ODST, and then playing four for the first time, five for the first time, and then Infinite will come out on the Games Pass. Yeah. So I'm thinking of going through the entire series again, starting with Reach, because it's a game that I've wanted to play for a very long time. And, and are seeing they all a... co-op? Um, I think they are up to Halo 4 or 5. So I wouldn't mind going through um, certainly Reach in co-op. Because, mm. yeah, I've, I've heard really yeah. good things about Reach. Really good things. Because, I, I mean... I mean uh... Bit, bit of background about our co-op playthrough it, it didn't feel it like, like it lasted longer than i don't know four or five hours to me halo halo it, 3 is eight hours long apparently really they didn't feel like that and the I others are about we 10 rushing. right yeah because we uh, maybe we were rushing through because um we got a few achievements for beating like the time limit on the first oh, couple of uh, first couple of missions yeah we kind of raced oh, through right. it yeah, maybe that was just us, but um, either way, what I was going to say is, it, is it's a, a fun-fueled um, few hours of gaming. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do it that way. Um, okay, on to our ever-present feature, Gameplay is King. Um, is this game fun to play for you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've already answered that question, really. It is a, it is a fun game, and the, the main thing for this game, I think, is focused on the gameplay rather than the story. It it does, it, it does a lot of things that Halo Two did, but better, as you would hope with a sequel. But I think it really ups the ante on not the set pieces as such, but everything just feels bigger in this game. Do you know where I'm coming from? Yeah, the environments are bigger, the set pieces are bigger. Um, I mean, the backdrops are bigger, and I mean scenarios, set pieces they're all interchangeable but yeah everything is bigger but i also prefer it feels more epic to me and i like that yeah it, it does have an epic feel about it like when you're taking out the the big scarab tanks um with the legs and then jumping in and throwing a grenade in the heart of it to blow it up and stuff like that like i really enjoyed bits like that and i overall th this game is more focused on the gameplay for me rather than the story which makes it a lot more fun and it makes it more fun than the other games in the series that we've played so far yeah i think it's got um very smooth gameplay mm. and i think we mentioned especially with halo one there's a couple of um minor frustrating parts to it um i'm thinking of that level that level the library is it yes yeah i'm thinking of that one where there's just it was really long, levels, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and they're all very similar looking, so you don't feel like you're progressing until you get near the top. But here, there was none of that. And I, I can't name a single section where I thought, oh, this is grinding on me now. Um, um, the only one that I can say is uh, when you go oh, into I, I know the flood. Yeah. That, that one went on for a while, when you go and rescue Cortana. But other than that, I, I, I have no complaints, really. Even even that one where we were trying to get up the hill past the flood, it was just us doing it wrong rather than... Oh, not um, that one. Not that one. The one where you actually go into the heart and save Cortana. Yeah, that was, yeah, a bit before, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun game. Um, definitely. And um, what's your favourite... I mean, I didn't know how to phrase this. I put favourite move slash weapon, but I suppose favourite aspect of this game. I think the vehicle combat would be the highlight for me whether that's stealing like a banshee from one of the covenant or i can't remember what the um 
what they're called, but like, you know, the flying um, vehicles. I can't remember what the name for them was, but I really like those sections. I wish there were a few more of those, you know? Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing myself. I feel like this game has a lot more vehicular stuff mm. and I feel like you spend half of the campaign in a vehicle, but to me that's a good thing. Um, you can always jump out of the vehicle if you want to and do it on foot. Um, some of it might be pretty challenging if you did that. But yeah, I think the vehicle stuff here was on another level to the other games. Sometimes in the other games, you're like, oh, another vehicle section. But here, it just felt more or better implemented into the story. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it was more friendly to co-op players as well. There's there's some bits that aren't, which we'll probably touch on. But um, generally, I think it was more well done here. Mm. And I really like the vehicle stuff. I think that was a standout point for the game. You enjoyed the tank, didn't you? The tank was fun. But, but then at the end, as you said, you mentioned the last level where you're, where you're in the warthog and you're trying to escape whilst the world crashes down around you. And if you're playing in co-op at that point, if, you, if one of you happens to die, you just sat there watching the camera on your dead body for a, what seems like a very, very long time until the camera decides to follow the second person and then if that person then dies, you both respawn. You get another chance. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, those bits feel like they could have been ironed out. But um, generally speaking, the vehicle stuff is very good. Um, really stand out in a in a first person game, which historically haven't always done vehicle sections very well. That that last section of the game, I think, is the only real issue where that uh, only real time where issue. that issue comes up. Because I think we probably died together probably six or seven times when we were doing that. And yeah. I died a few times, you died a few times. Every time that I died, I was like, I really hope that he crashes and he dies so that I get it to... Was, so was I. That's what I was like. Because yeah. the first half, I, I was I was doing well. And then I got to a point where I kept taking the wrong route and it kept ending up killing me. And that's when you took over and then you were playing well. And... I was, especially when you you were getting near the end, I was thinking, I really hope he dies, because it's a really fun section. It is. And I wanted to play it through to the end. Yeah, it, that, that I think easily that's the best part of the game for me, because it feels very epic. Everything's blowing up around you, and particularly when the music kicks in as well. And then you're just yeah. there staring at your dead body. <laughs> I feel like they're really onto something with that line of gameplay, and um, not many games do that style of gameplay, and... Yeah, uh, maybe maybe it'd be good to see it expanded in a different. Yeah, I, I don't know if they um if they ever did more with it because I've not played Halo four or five, so I don't know if if they ever did more with the you know good vehicle section. So I'll be interested to find that out because I'm going to play through both of them and then Infinite as well. Yeah, I think I am as well actually. Well, I mean, we'll play the ones in co-op that we can, but yeah, the the ones that are single player, I think they've earned. I would call myself a casual fan of Halo now. I'm not. A hardcore fan, no, but I do enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I think they've earned me giving them a run through at the very least. They'll be the very grateful for that. <laughs> well, they should be. I mean, they, they bloody, they bloody um, better be. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, damn right. Um, okay, so um, we usually, whenever we're playing a, a game like this, we talk about the levels and the variety of levels and standout levels and areas. You've kind of touched on that a bit, but um, any very good slash very bad levels or anything you want to comment about the, the, the design of the level this is the issue that i've got with halo is that every 
not every, but a lot of the maps feel very similar. That yeah, they're 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 great and they're they're grand in in scope and they're big and they are cool. But it feels that a lot of the maps that we played in Halo Three felt exactly the same as the maps that we played in Halo One, with the exception of a couple. And that's my biggest gripe with Halo. And it's probably I don't remember playing it because it's years ago, but probably my the same issue that I had with Destiny. It's yeah. just that the levels don't really seem very varied and not, not just they don't seem varied in the game because you go to lots of different locations, but it feels like when you're playing that game, Oh, I've been here in halo one or, Oh, I've been here in halo two. Oh, a bit with a warthog where you're driving around a field and then you go to a big complex and go inside and have to flick some switches. They feel very samey. And that's my yeah, biggest issue that. with halo. I think. Apart from the last mission, I think the last mission's good. But you then have, I think it's, I think it was the case with Halo 1. I don't think it was Halo 2. The the last bit of Halo 1, where you're in the Warthog and you're escaping, it was very similar to Halo 3. I think that's Halo 1. It might be 2. I can't remember. Yeah, I agree. I think it feels like rather than levels, they've kind of got biomes. And what, what, so you kind of always get the snowy area or the jungle area or the seafront area Mm -hmm. or the... Um, alien base area um, so on so on so on it's like they're ticking boxes and unlike other games where you can say oh I really enjoyed um, the bit where I don't know you go into the grand castle or whatever it is could be anything Um, here I'd be hard pressed to, to say what even the buildings are so Oh, I like the bit where we went into a building, but what building? I don't know. Yeah, no idea. Um, no idea what mission that was. Which jungle? Or and I think part part of the issue with that is that the levels don't have distinct beginning and ends. And what I mean by yeah. that is often it will just come up on the screen um, that you're on the next chapter, and then it will disappear, and that's the only indication that you're on the next chapter, which is nice in terms of progression and it feeling like this um, adventure game, but doesn't it's not the best at distinctive levels i think you're right there yeah it's like i say that they're they're good and they're well designed but it just feels like oh i've probably played this map in halo 2 you know (laughs) which you know isn't a bad thing but it was just noticeable i think i mean i would go as far as saying i think the maps in halo 1 were the most distinctive of the three games that i've played so far um i can pick out individual maps like the silent cartographer and um some other ones in that game whereas i i can't really do it with two and three no i I suppose it's because halo one was the first wasn't it and it was introducing this entire world yeah um so we've not really touched on the presentation of the game um how does this game look and sound it looks good i think it looks better than halo 2 did and halo 2 did look good um obviously we're we're both talking about the 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 remastered well upscale collection yeah. so i remember playing this game on the xbox 360 and thinking for the time that it came out it did look very good so i'd say overall graphically it does stand out and particularly in some of the cutscenes. and i remember the cutscenes for halo 2 when we played that they were like the remastered version obviously the the upscale version they look brilliant and that that continues with with this one there are still 
elements to it where you're like that looks like a character model from 2000 like mid 2000s like definitely in some of the facial features but overall i think it 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 stands out as a solid looking game for the time that it came out i don't think it's aged particularly badly or, or or well it just is what it is yeah i think it is an old game it's from 2007 and that surprised me actually that it was quite that old um I was thinking maybe 2008, 2009, but yeah, 2007. So it was a, really, it was fairly early Xbox 360 game. I was still in school. And I was in college. Yeah, that would be um, your first year of college, wouldn't it? Because you're a year older than me. Yeah, so it was my first year of college and um, this came out. And it does look quite nice in 2021. It certainly yeah. doesn't look bad. I agree with you that, that I think the characters have aged worse than the environments i think the environments still look really quite nice mm. i think the character models um they look a bit stylized um and uh, they don't always work uh sometimes they look a bit blocky and yes blocky is what i'd, I'd right. use yeah it's, it's a strange look but um yeah obviously they, they they improved upon that in the following games um what about the sound i mean it's the same music that we've been hearing through the trilogy, really. There's nothing that's changed, I don't think. And I believe we've always said that we quite like the the music and the sound in this game. It, it fits well and, you know, they, they bring in the music at suitably epic moments, particularly for the last section where you're, where you're escaping in the vehicle. But yeah, no changes from Halo 1 or 2. I, I still think that the, the soundtrack and the music and the, the ambiance still holds up very well. Yeah, I like, um, I've always liked the sound effects. It's one of those games that's got very unique sound effects that you can listen to them and you can think that's Halo. Um, there are only a few games that I think pull that off. Obviously, you've got your Marios and your Zeldas and then there are some other games that do really well with their unique sound. Metal Gear Solid. And I think this is one. Yeah, MGS um, is another one. Um, I think the music, the soundtrack is very complementary to what you're playing. Yes. So it it kind it of fits swells well. at just the right time and it lulls at just the right time yeah and you get those moments of quiet in between and i mean i think there's there are a few cut types of soundtrack i think this is a good soundtrack i don't think this is an outstanding soundtrack i think um i mean that uh, if you think about it in terms of films there are those film scores that you could listen to independently from the film that are just that good that you can just take them away and listen to them in isolation then there are good film scores that really complement what's going on, but never really well stick in your mind. F- funnily enough, I've like probably about six years ago, maybe more. I created a um a workout playlist uh, for when I used to go to the gym quite a bit, and the the final soundtrack, like when you're doing the escape in the vehicle, that's on my gym playlist from Halo Three. Yeah, I think that's the best one out of them, all of them. I think yeah. um, of all the ones we've heard, that that track is the best one. Um, I think generally, yeah, I think it's it's a good soundtrack, not outstanding, but a good soundtrack. It's a good it's a good track to run to. Yeah, and the voice work is serviceable. It's um, I wouldn't say it's amazing. No, but it's not bad either. I still find Cortana irritating. You might have had a bit bit more experience than me with the multiplayer, so um. I mean, what do you remember about the multiplayer for this game? Nothing. I never played the multiplayer <laughs> on this game, unfortunately. Um, right. I, I, I mean, I, I think I might have played some couch co-op with a couple of friends, uh, like Deathmatch or whatever, but 
I can't be sure that was Halo 3. It might have been Halo 2. You and me have said numerous times that we're not multiplayer people, like online multiplayer people. I'm I'm somewhat tempted to have a little go on Halo Infinite online, just out of curiosity. But I, I've always been of the understanding that Halo 2 had the best online multiplayer. And I've heard that Halo 3's was good, but it wasn't as good as Halo 2. Right, I'm a complete layman when it comes to the multiplayer of these games. Um, I've played a bit of split screen on Halo 2 and that was fun. Um, but yeah, I don't really know anything about the, the multiplayer on Halo 3, which is probably blasphemy to a Halo fan um, who would probably argue that the whole reason it's on this list is the multiplayer. Mm. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, as you said, it's we're not, not for we're everyone. Not the biggest, no, we're not the biggest players of multiplayer. It takes a real for me it takes a really i don't know particular game to hook me into its multiplayer um i think the last game that i even played multiplayer on was um what was that one that with the uh little people nintendo we played no 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 um with the little was, people the one that yeah, the little. Do we play like, it for the podcast? No, we were just playing it to mess around. The one where you—it's like a battle royal. Fortnite. It's like hundred, and then you become the king at the end, and you get the crown. Oh, Fall Guys. Yeah, Fall Guys. That's it. That's the last one I played. <laughs> the little people. Um, in <laughs> in an extended fashion, and then before then it was Splatoon too. So I'm not. No. I think maybe once every couple of years a game comes along that I think, oh, okay, I'll give the multiplayer a go, and this. Just hasn't been that game, but yeah, like you, I might give the um, the infinite multiplayer a go. I mean, that's already out on the Series X, so. I mean, that's been out for that's work. been out for a week, hasn't it? So, guarantee yeah. we'll sign into that and we'll just get absolutely blown away immediately by oh, yeah. the people that are like really high level that have been playing it consistently and constantly. But oh, I'm yeah. interested no to see it because I don't play FPS games online because I suck at them and it just makes me not want to play them. Like the the main games I play online are. Is rare, but I'll occasionally play GTA online or play Red Dead online. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not good at FPS games online. I just get immediately, you know, blasted by some twelve year old kid that then will insult your mum on, you know, a headset. <laughs> I used to play um like the the when when Call of Duty was still young. I used to play Modern Warfare one and two, or mainly two online, and I was good at that. Modern Warfare two online was fun. It was really good. Um, but like like I said to you, when I start playing Halo, because the control scheme is very different. Yeah, it's that, hard to get your head it into it, isn't it? It always takes time to adjust. And I kept throwing grenades when I was trying to yeah, aim down sights and all sorts of things. So I blew myself up a few times. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun game, but it does have a different control scheme. And I think that's a compliment to... The, the generic controller scheme that every, every other FPS, yes. FPS uses. It, it's standout. It's, it's, it's unique. Yeah. Um, okay. On to our question of the week. Now, I was, I was thinking of question of the week, obviously, for this. And we've done two Halo games already. Um, and you really have to think hard about what you're going to ask because you kind of cover it in the two earlier games. Um, but what I'm going to ask you is, if you had to pick a favourite style of first-person shooter game, what would it be? And I'll give you a couple of examples of styles. I mean, 
one thing that really struck me when we played Goldeneye was, I mean, I keep going back to this, I've been back to this a few times, the juggling of the bodies. So what I mean is you, you'll shoot someone and you'll stagger them and then yeah. you can go and shoot someone else while that first person is still staggered and then you can go back to that first person. And I've never, I think that's a really clever way of um, doing the first person shooter. Another example is um, what Doom 2016 does where you're playing first person and in order to get health back, you have to melee the enemy. And um, it, it, it's this really nice balance between shooting and melee action. Um, so is there a style that you particularly like? Is that just for first person shooters or for first person games? Um, I think first person shooters will keep it uh, All right. limited. I, I was going to say, have you ever played jazz punk? But if we're sticking to shooters, I think something that's just quick something that is fast paced and that's the thing that I think the 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 late noughties, early twenty tens Call of Duty games did well. And I mean yeah. GoldenEye itself is a thing of its own. And we, we, we often mention Call of Duty when we talk about FPS games. I don't feel that we, we talk about Battlefield that much. And yeah. I mean we, we we've talked about playing multiplayer online games and us not really doing that that much thinking about it i played battlefield one quite a bit online uh on the operations mode and i really enjoyed it but there's just something about battlefield which is a lot slower and i think a lot of people would say particularly for battlefield one and battlefield five that those games are designed to be that way and they're you know a lot more technical than cod which is fair but I think I like the speed and how quick... Well, during that time that you mentioned, it's funny that you say that because um, the Battlefield games, as opposed to the Call of Duty games, the Call of Duty games were running at 60 frames per second then, or they are aiming for it, so you'd get a more responsive experience, whereas the Battlefield games were running at 30 frames per second. Mm. Um, I too have dabbled with some of the, the multiplayer in the old, older, well, the Battlefield games from that time. I really like Battlefield Bad Company too. I think it's a really good game. Um, and yeah, it is a, it's a more weighty experience, but also there's a different focus because um, the maps are pulled out. So you've got, you've got bigger They're maps. Massive, you've got, yeah. You the, the vehicles that you can use. And yeah, it's, it's a very different style. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of that, that speed and that responsiveness and just that control scheme, which you can do in your sleep, there's nothing quite like COD for it. And I think, I mean, COD gets a bad bad rap for um, some reasons that, that are probably quite accurate. Um, but I still really like the older COD games like uh, Modern Warfare 1 and 2. I love World at um, War. And I was really, really gutted that it isn't on this list. Yeah, I wasn't as big a fan of World as War at War. Wasn't a fan of uh, the the heavy metal playing mm. as you storm Berlin. Understandable. Was it was it Gary Oldman yeah. screaming in Russian at you that put you off? Yeah, uh, Gary I mean, Oldman. I remember it. I remember it quite clearly. Uh, do you know what it was? It wasn't the German missions. I think it was the um, Pacific. Yeah, missions those are hard, man. So much. Yeah, didn't really enjoy them as much. Um, yeah. So Call of Duty. I think that's a valid one. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Golden Eyes type of gameplay which passed down to perfect, perfect dark, dark which we've got coming up on the list to time splitters yeah we've got perfect dark coming up on the list but um the spiritual sequel to 
um, Perfect Dark was Time Splitters 1, 2 and 3 um, and I think the reason I like these is because I mean I, I just bought them on the on, on the Series X because they've just come to Series X backwards compatible I think they're probably playable on Xbox One as what well Time Splitters um, yeah and uh, they're just there's nothing like them they don't make games like this anymore and they're just unique they've got completely different control schemes the setup is very different they're very fast paced but I mean they've got those mission based objectives that Goldeneye had and yeah well I mean think about it Perfect Dark is number 11 on our list yeah that's high yeah oh yeah Perfect Dark's brilliant I love it I've played um, I think it's better than Goldeneye I played it when I had Game Pass about a year ago, and I think I maybe did the first two missions, but then I stopped playing. But yeah, it was fun. But yeah, it yeah, it it, uh, it is the spiritual successor to Goldeneye, isn't it? Really? Yeah, Perfect Dark is the spiritual successor to Goldeneye, and then Time Splitters, spiritual successor to both both of them because they're both made. Free Radical was made up by those rare employees that, um, and now obviously rare is not the same. Free Radical, I don't know. So now it's owned by. Um, Microsoft that company that's no it's um it's a company that that makes I can't think of what they're, what they're called it's a it's a big company that's buying up loads of old yeah 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 I know properties. I can't think of their name but I know who you mean yeah and they they now own um and it, for a while it was owned by the people that made Homefront yeah um, but yeah now I think they've bought um this property from them so yeah. This is why I think that we're now getting we we've now got the the backwards compatible time splitters game and I I do believe that at some point I don't know when that a remaster will come out so that will be exciting one day one day um, one day <laughs> yeah okay um, so let's wrap this up does Halo Three deserve to be on the list I think so. More than the other two, in my opinion. What did we say about the other two? I can't even remember. I can't remember either. We probably should have re-listened to the episodes before we recorded this one, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. It's organised, isn't it? Yeah, I think we probably said that both of them deserve to be on the list. Definitely Halo 1. Yeah. I, I can't remember Halo 2. But, it. I mean, our aim for, for this list is whenever we do a trilogy of games or a group of games, like we'll do with GTA and Zelda, etc., is once we've played all of them that are on the list, is to kind of recap. Yeah. And I think, because this is, it's only Halo 1, 2, and 3 that are on the top 100 list. So this is the last Halo game we'll be covering for this list. And I personally think that this is the one out of all three of them that should be here, because it's the most fun. And it doesn't reinvent the wheel like Halo Combat Evolved did, and it doesn't, you know blow the world wide open with xbox live and multiplayer the way that halo 2 did but i think this is the most fun in terms of the campaign and obviously there is a massive caveat there that you and me didn't play multiplayer on this game so yeah you know maybe we don't have the whole whole experience here to talk of but what we did play which really when you buy a game like this you're buying for the whole hog, not just the multiplayer, but for the campaign as well. And I think this is the best campaign. I think it's the most fun campaign. So, yes, I think it deserves to be on the list. And I think that this game deserves to be on the list more than the other two. 
Yeah, uh, you, you touched on some interesting points there. Halo 1, I do think, deserves to be on the list just because... Importance. It's, it's held in... Yeah, it's, it's a very important game. Not since GoldenEye was there such an important first-person shooter. And Halo was that game. And many, many games borrowed from it. If you've got a replenishing shield in a game, that's most likely taken from Halo. Um, yeah, so Halo 1, I think... In terms of quality at the time, I don't. I think it's quite unparalleled, really. Um, not to say that I'm the biggest fan of it, but I think, I think there's a very good argument for it being on the list. And I think you're right in saying that Halo Two, also in terms of um, the multiplayer, and being that Xbox Live game, being that game that everyone was talking about, that everyone on rival platforms was looking at and saying, okay, I want an Xbox. I want to play Halo Two. Um, Again, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I can I can recognise and realise how significant that was. Um, Halo Three, I think, does the least in terms of those. Yeah. Um, it's the least significant. It just I improves mean, and tweaks, game, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's a game that you could, if if I were to say, if this was a list of the most important games, I'd say it's a game that you can miss because. I don't think it is one of the most important games, um, honestly. But I agree with you in that it's the most fun that we've had playing Halo on this list. So I think where that leaves me is I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'd say let's leave it on here, but I think I put it very low. I think probably the other two deserve to be a bit higher, not because I enjoyed them more, but because... I recognise their importance for the gaming industry and what they mean to other people. Well, now that we've played all three of them and with with us saying that we're interested in going back through the games from from Reach to to Infinite, it'll be interesting, depending how fast we do that, where you stand on that comment when we do our rankings of the, the second 50. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we put Halo 1 in the B category. Yeah. And we put... I reckon we'd have put Halo 2 in the A category, maybe. Yes, we put Halo 2 in the A category. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let, I, let, let, let's not say where we'd move those two now and where we'd put Halo 3 no. on that, because that's... that's a, but we've also agreed if the um, the top 50 for the first... or the 50 for the first half and the 50 for the second half are separate, so now we can't change no. those placements, and I think it'd be unfair to change them yeah. because... I think we had a fresher take on them when we did that episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, given that, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I still, I think, like I said, it deserves to be there, but low down, because I think it's less significant than the other two. I think you could skip over it, but that being said, I'm glad that we didn't. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. Um, I'm looking forward to playing through it again at some point, because a lot of the times we and play games and we're like... Yeah, like I enjoyed it, but I probably won't play this game again. But I know with Halo 3, I probably will. Well, I will, because yeah. we're going to go through the series. Yeah, and that's how I feel. I feel like, like I said, I've become a casual fan of Halo. So it's a credit to the series that that's done that. And it's always the tricky thing with this list. How you weigh the significance of a game against <laughs> just how fun it is to play. Yeah. And sometimes it's, re- it's a really difficult question. Um but yeah, so so here fun wins out, but 
I can't say that it's the most significant game. That was that, that probably was a very long rambling conclusion for everyone listening, but oh well. It's like our early episodes all over again. Just like all our episodes. Just like every episode, quite. Yeah, and every episode will continue to be, probably. Yes, quite right. All right, um, let's let's wrap this thing up. Okay, so next time, what have we got coming up on the list in two weeks' time? So in two weeks' time, we have... It's uh, it's your choice of game, and it's one that you've wanted to do for quite a while, isn't it? We're, I'm a big fan. Yeah, we're doing Mass Effect 2, which I started about four, four days ago, uh, and I've never got more than about two or three hours through before in the past, so it's really my first experience, I suppose. This is a spiritual successor, another spiritual successor, but this time to the KOTOR games. So that's some interesting um, context for our episode as well. No Jedi, though. Of course we will be... No Jedi, Jedi. so... I mean, it's funny because KOTOR is a bit removed from Star Wars because it's set so far before, Mm. and then Mass Effect removes it even further. Um, But we will be discussing at length in the next episode in two weeks' time, so we hope you will join us for that indeed as per usual uh, reach out to us via social media facebook instagram twitter you can email us at the long short of it podcast at hotmail.com but yeah that's all from us for now and anything else from you no that's it from me lovely well we hope you enjoy the rest of your week plural and we'll see you in two weeks time for mass effect 2 cheerio see you on the next one